Welcome to the Her Story Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Miller, and today my guest is a sweet friend of mine, Melinda Tab. Melinda is a wife and mother to three little girls who has a passion for missions and mentoring other women. I've so been looking forward to sharing Melinda's story with you because I know it will speak to you. If you are a woman, chances are you or someone you know battles depression. Depression is a real medical condition that affects over 12 million women. Women are twice as likely to have it than men. In today's episode, Melinda shares her story about her lifelong struggle with depression and how she battles it as a woman of faith. She also opens up about her childhood, growing up as a pastor's daughter, where her family life was not always what it seemed. Listen and hear how her story is truly an example of a woman who has relied on her Heavenly Father to carry her through her life no matter what her circumstances. Welcome. I'm so glad that you really are here today because you have an awesome, just amazing God story of your life. Um, and you, you'll be 30 in yes. a couple, next month, right? Yes, September 25th. Which I was shocked to hear that you're going to be just 30 because you don't look older, you just act older. So yeah. you have just, I feel like you have an old soul and yes. a lot of wisdom. Um, Heard that my whole life. Have you? <laughs> yes. And so just talking to you more, I know that part of that's just because you have had a full life in 30 mm-hmm. years, a lot of experiences, a lot of stories that have made you the woman that you are, the God follower that you are. So, um, so let's go back and start with your childhood. Um, and I do want to preface, like I know a lot of what you're going to share can be harder stuff, um, with your struggles and your family life and definitely not blaming parents for any of our stuff. Um, right. but I think it's important when we share our stories to go back to our childhood, mm-hmm. um, cause it does affect us. Um, and it also shows again that our earthly parents are going to always let us down. I mean, we're, we're letting our kids down right yes. now. We're not perfect at all, no. but, um, <laughs> I think in your story, you see how though God was your heavenly father came mm-hmm. through for you, um, again Absolutely. and again. So, yeah. So welcome. Thank you. And thank you for sharing. So take us back to your childhood and just share with us a little bit of um, your upbringing. Okay. Um, Well, I was born in Hackensack, New Jersey. Okay. Um, My dad was the music minister at our church there, and my grandpa, his dad, was our pastor. Okay. Um, And that, let's see, it was 1995 when my dad... Uh, got a job um, at a church in Owasso, where we okay. live. Um, so you moved from New Jersey and, to Owasso. Yes, okay, I did not even know that. Yes, okay. so my uh, family packed up, um, moved to Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I totally thought we were going to see like covered wagons and teepees and, yeah. you know, the whole thing. Um, and my dad... Um, was a youth pastor at a church in town, and okay. he was from, let's see, 1995 to about the year 2000, and um, let's see, I think from a pretty young age, I remember um, I was raised in a Christian home, but it wasn't very Christ-centered. Because, okay. yeah, you saying your grandpa was a pastor, your yes. dad's a youth pastor, so we automatically think, like, oh, wow, she was raised in a really a strong godly Christian, home. godly home. Yes. So. Um, my parents um, fought a lot, uh, and I unfortunately don't have a lot of memories of 
many good times with them. Mm-hmm. It just and you know those bad memories tend to stick out more in your mind than the good. And right. so most of my memories of my parents being together are just not great ones. Um, okay. But my parents were in the ministry, and I was raised in church, and so. Um, I developed a love for God at a pretty young age. Um, I was five years old when I decided I wanted to live my life for Jesus. And um, a lot of times I think um, kids make that decision without really understanding what it means. And and not to say that I understood everything at that time, but I, I fully believe that from that moment until where I am now, it's been a constant, um, growth like I've right I've just I mean grown. you understood as a five-year-old yes I understood as a five-year-old as a five-year-old I wanted to live for Jesus yeah. and I wanted to do my best to make him happy and grow in my um, knowledge and faith in him so um, over the years whether it was um, my home life that um, was frustrating or whatever. I always felt like God was always with me. Because you had a lot of times at home that were just not peaceful. Right. Um, But even at five, you felt like Jesus was there and I can fall back on him and he's there for me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Um, So let's see. I guess it was probably around the age um, of seven or eight. Um, My, my, um, my dad had a lot of anger, um, a very short temper, and, um, you know, besides just my mom and dad fighting together, it just, our home life and our our um, our family was just not unified. <laughs> there was, we always were kind of on edge. Right. It was not peaceful. Um and so that I remember around the age of just eight, a lot just of tension feeling a lot of tension, house. and yeah. I remember feeling um, a sadness at a young age, feeling um, all that I could describe as, to the best of my ability, as depression. I felt depressed, and I remember saying that as a seven, eight-year-old. You remember uh, saying yes. that, yeah. and I remember being told not to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that moment pretty clearly and just thinking, oh, okay, you know, I guess I'm not. That's a bad thing. That's a I bad thing. Yes, need you to need happy. to not feel that way or not say that, not express those emotions. So um, I'm sure I had other times since that moment in my life where I felt that again, but I only, that far back to my childhood, that's the one time that sticks out in my mind that I remember feeling depressed and so what did you do it and not to say it? So what did you mm-hmm. do with it after that? Like you still obviously had to feel that way, mm-hmm. um, but you just stuffed it down and tried to ignore it. And yes, um, I remember having a lot of fear as a child that now, as an adult, I can see was probably anxiety. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I didn't know what the word anxiety meant. Right. Um, and I can remember in about maybe seventh grade. Um, practicing in my room alone, deep breathing, Mm. um, stretching different things to try to calm myself down. Um, 
feeling like I was I was shaking or I was nervous or I couldn't breathe and not knowing mm-hmm. what that was. Um, but so, and not feeling like you could go to your parents with it because they feeling, had told you in the past, yes. like, no, that's not, right. not true. Yes. And hadn't you also like felt like you just need to make yourself happy? Like you could try and be happy. Yes. And, and um, you know, you should be happy, especially right. if you have, you know, Jesus in your heart. Right. And, um, unfortunately I think a lot of the time in ministry families, um, you're kind of raised with the fishbowl mentality mm-hmm. where everyone is watching you. So you have to keep this, um, persona of perfection up and, you know, you feel right. like you can't really be true to your feelings sometimes because of what others might think. Right. And so I feel like in our home life a lot, we practice the, you know, um, we have this big family blowout and then we drive to church and it's smiles on everyone, right. you know. Especially since your dad was a pastor mm-hmm. and you probably saw a lot of like you all acting one way at church, right. even you, um, and then coming home and acting mm-hmm. another way, whether that was you or your dad or whatever. Um, how w- did that affect kind of your thoughts about being a Christian or following mm-hmm. Jesus? Did that affect your faith at all at that age or did that confuse you or... Um, it was confusing because I knew that, I knew that the way our home life was, wasn't, um, how it should be, Mm -hmm. I didn't think. But then I also kind of thought maybe that's how it was for everybody. Yeah. Um, and that's all you know. You start thinking, well, I guess yes, this is normal. I right. guess we can act one way at church and be another way at home. Yes. Or we don't tell anybody I'm sad or have anger or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I got older, I do remember going to friends' homes before and seeing a difference in their home life or how their parents treated each other and realizing, oh, okay, yeah, our home life is definitely not the normal one. Um, And as an adult, I I later realized why that was. Um, But as a child, it was just very hard to... Right, because you're having not only, you know, something's not, something's off with you personally, how Mm -hmm. you feel, and then something's off with my family. Yes. Um, So growing up in that was a lot of turmoil for you. So then fast forward, your parents did finally separate when you were how old? Yes, Uh, they were just separated not quite divorced yet when I was in the seventh grade okay Um, and you were happy about that right? I was happy about that because it brought some peace to my home Mm -hmm. life um nobody wants to grow up in a broken home with divorced parents but I I remember praying that they would get divorced because it was so miserable miserable to live in that um with parents who were always fighting and, um, so when they were separated, I was happy about that. Um, I did, let's see, in about eighth grade, I do remember going through a phase where, um, I stopped eating. Okay. Um, because you're still dealing with the depression, yes, anxiety and still depression. still dealing yeah. with depression and anxiety that I really don't recognize that I have, mm-hmm. um, out of just being young, not knowing really what that is. And then never really having anyone to listen to me talk about right. how I was feeling. Um, so, and I don't even know 
if my mom even knows this, but yeah, in okay. eighth grade, I wouldn't eat breakfast. I wouldn't eat lunch. I would only eat dinner at home because obviously my mom and if I think my sister might have been at home at that time, maybe not, but my mom would have noticed I wasn't eating. Right. So I would, but I would eat very minimal. Right. Um, eat, and was that part of the depression or were you also dealing with like an eating disorder? I think it might have been a little bit of both. I don't don't really know what caused that. Um, Maybe a control thing. I mean, eating disorders are Mm -hmm. control-oriented, too. I mean, if your home life is... If things are feeling out of control in your Mm -hmm. life, maybe that was kind of your way to get some control. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it could have been a cry for your mom to maybe notice. But, I mean, definitely the not eating can be part of the depression, too. Right. So you... Stop eating. I assume you started losing weight. Yes. Um, and is that when you finally went? Then you went to the doctor? Is that? Um, I feel like I. It's really hard to remember exactly what grade it was when I went to the doctor and was diagnosed with depression. Um, I feel like it was closer to ninth or tenth grade. Okay. Um, I had. When I had first stopped eating in eighth grade, I remember still feeling hungry, but then I got to a point in ninth and tenth grade where I just did not feel hungry anymore. Right. Yeah. And I remember going to the doctor and um, the doctor telling my mom and I that I needed to start supplementing with protein shakes and making sure I was getting some nutrients. Um, At that time, did your mom acknowledge, like, okay, maybe something's wrong here, or she was just, what did your mom think Mm -hmm. was going on with you, or a typical teenager? Honestly, I'm I'm not sure at that time if my mom recognized anything was necessarily wrong, besides that I was probably just going through a hard time dealing with the divorce. Right, because by then Um, your parents were divorced. Yes, by then my parents were divorced, and also... My mom had a lot that she was dealing with emotionally, and yeah. um, she was working full time um, as a single mom, trying to, you Absolutely. know, keep us in That's our home that I grew up in, and um, so she had a lot mentally and physically on and her And you plate. didn't at that time. You didn't even know the extent of all that she had no, going on. And I did then, not. will you share a little share with us? Because um, this, what she, your mom had dealing with in her own life was also something she let you know about around this time too, right? Yes. And then that triggered kind of more of a depression for you. Yes. So share a little bit about that conversation with you and your mom um, that kind of explained a lot of your childhood. Yes. So um, a little while after my parents had been divorced, um, I had been talking with my mom. I was probably being a smart mouth teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember really what brought this on, but I, I ended up, um, kind of putting her in a hard place. I think saying that, um, the reason that my parents got divorced because they weren't, was because they weren't able to get along. And, um, so I didn't know that that wasn't the reason, the reason that they got divorced. And it led her to tell me, the real reason why they got divorced, and that was because my um, dad had come out as gay. Um, and so, from, so wow, you yes. were were you expecting to hear this? Or Absolutely like, okay, You not. never had like in your mind like oh no, maybe that's yeah. So this no, was no, a total no. shocker for you. This was like 
hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine. And um, at that time, especially for me growing up in the Bible Belt, mm-hmm. um, in a sheltered Christian home, um, and I... And we're looking at how many years ago? Was this like 12, 15? Um, I don't know. I'm thinking yeah, it was probably... probably your third, yeah, 15. so it was a different time too. This yes. was not talked about like it is today. Yes. So this yes. was probably out of left field for you. Yes, it was. And, um, and especially to hear that it was my dad, you know, Mm -hmm. I was just, because again, we're going back. Your dad was the youth pastor. Yes. My dad was the youth pastor. My dad was in ministry. My dad had taught me that this was wrong, wrong, you know? And so I just, I, I don't even remember, you know, what I did for the rest of that day, but I just remember almost um, feeling like I had gone into a season of mourning, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I felt like I had no idea who my father was, like right. what in the world, right. you it's know, a, I bet it was like a loss. Like who was this yes. man? Not even who I thought he was. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yes. I can't even imagine. Right. I was just really angry. Um, and so you After, had a lot of anger against your dad, right? Yes, yeah. I did. I had a lot of anger against him. I did not understand. Um, I I took it from the perspective, you know, I was probably a 15-year-old girl. I had the perspective that he was choosing mm-hmm. this lifestyle over staying with, with our family. family. Yeah. Um, and I was glad that my parents had separated or divorced so that the fighting would stop. Um, but then suddenly I had this different perspective of like, so this is why, you know, right. And, and if you're thinking he chose that, you're probably feeling abandoned as like, my dad is really choosing that over me. Um, and then I imagine too, how did that start to affect your, your thoughts about the church and your relationship? If you're had heard your dad preach one thing and then see he had this other side of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that had to cause a lot of confusion too. So how yes. did that play out with you? Um, I know for me, I definitely struggled with like trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent a lot of time alone as a kid with my, you know, my, my sister's five years older than me, but six grades ahead. So okay. there was a lot of time where she was in high school. So when I would come home from school, she was doing after school activities and my parents were at work. And, um, so I already felt like from a young age, I had kind of like done a lot of raising myself Mm -hmm. anyways. Um, so then it kind of made me feel even more like I don't need anybody, you know, people are just going to let you down, let you down. And, And so I feel like I gained a lot of, um, responsibility, just feeling like it was up to me to, to raise yourself, to raise myself. And And people are going to let me down, but I, I'm not going to. Yes. And I can see, I mean, God probably used that if you didn't turn from him at that time. I know you said that you still had a relationship with Jesus during that time Mm -hmm. that I think he's probably started using that to prove to you that he was always going to be there for you. Even though your earthly father let you down. Your heavenly one is there for you. Yes. So tell me at that time with your um, earthly father, did you still have a relationship with him or was he just kind of out of your life once your mom told you that news? So before I knew that he was gay, um, he had given all custody over to my mom when okay. they were divorced. And, okay. and so 
that was really confusing to me mm-hmm. also. You know, I thought, oh, well, he doesn't he even want, want me. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I already kind of had that mentality. And then once I found out that he was gay, mm-hmm. I was kind of, I was angry and yeah. I didn't understand. And at that time I didn't even want to be around him. Okay. And, um, I had actually written him a terrible letter that looking back now, I wish mm-hmm. so badly that I wouldn't have sent it, but I was young. I was yeah. naive. I was confused. I was angry. Right. And, um, so I didn't speak to him for a while. Okay. Um, and but I think your feelings were justified. I mean, but he's, I think your feelings were justified to have the anger and well, resentment yes. and all of that. And yes. you can look back wishing you wouldn't, but he has, I'm sure he's forgiven you for yes. that. And you have done a lot of forgiving too, which we'll talk right. about later. But right. I think that's pretty, there's not a handbook on how, how to handle that situation. Exactly. So yes. I think forgive yourself for writing a bad yes. letter. <laughs> so I was really angry. Um, Around this time, after that news had come out, um, I did feel like, so I, I wasn't eating, I was just sad all the time. So your depression really, like, Crying. it was yes. probably at its peak worst yes. when this news, yes, okay. Yes, definitely. I just had no um, interest in doing anything mm-hmm. other than staying in my bed all day. Mm-hmm. So that was when I believe my mom took me to the doctor again. I was diagnosed with depression, got on some medication. So were you diagnosed with clinical depression then or no? Just, um, I think at the time, was it just depression? It was just depression. And and I think it was circumstantial due to my home life and everything. And, um, I had started having panic attacks. Um, any time where I had to go somewhere where I felt out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. it was really hard to get me to go. And so um, going to school in the mornings was um, terribly hard. Yeah. And um, my poor mom had no idea what to do with me. She had to get to work. Right. And so you she were needed left... me to go to school. Right. I but... mean, your mom was busy. I mean, mm-hmm. she had a lot of responsibilities as a single mom. Mm-hmm. So you are kind of... I mean, and a teenager's old enough to get themselves out of bed and to right. school, but you really were depressed. So yes. you weren't doing that, though, Some a lot of the right. days, right, I mean, with school? like Especially once I had my driver's license, she would do her best to try to make sure that I was getting up in the morning before she left for work. Mm-hmm. But I can remember days where I would fall back to sleep, and I would wake up, and it would be 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. And I would realize, I would just cry because wow. I missed school. Like, I slept. And you slept all day. Through it all day. And that's part of the depression. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, that's a yes. huge sign. It's just yes. like literally can't get out of bed. Right. And, um, yeah. and you explained to me, which has helped... Me see, for somebody that, I mean, I've struggled with postpartum depression, anxiety, all of that, but not, like, this massive depression. I mean, mm-hmm. you said it's almost like a physical, like, like people that suffer from my, migraines. Like, yes. it is just, like, a way of, like, I can't physically yes. move right today. Yes, yes. I would say that a migraine is a really good example of how to describe it. Um, not necessarily, like, that nagging head pain, right. but... When you have a migraine, all you can really do is go to bed, close your eyes, sleep, be alone, sleep it off. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you are depressed, if you are trying to communicate with someone, it is like 
it is like you just cannot focus. You are, you feel sick, like Mm -hmm. your body is aching. You might have a headache. You're so tired. Nothing else matters. You just, um, I mean, it is a real physical, it is a a physical, it can be physically painful. I mean, there were days where I felt sick. I felt... And even on the medication. Yes. And I think, looking back now, I know I was not even close to being on the dosage I needed to be. And there's so many medications and so many different dosages. So that's like, if somebody suffers from depression, Mm -hmm. I mean, that is something to really get a good doctor and figure out the right right dosage and what you need to be on for that. Um, Looking back, I know I should have been going to a counselor. Mm -hmm. My mom had me try a couple, and I just felt really uncomfortable with it. Um, But if I had found someone who was a good fit, I should have been going to a counselor. Right. I should have probably sought out a psychiatrist rather than just my um, doctor, my pediatric doctor. Right, right. um, And and still, I mean, so much more is known about this today, too, Mm -hmm. than when you were a teenager. So for your mom's credit, she probably really didn't know. She didn't know, and she had never dealt with this before. Um, She didn't know how to handle me sleeping through the day or I'm driving to school going into the building running into the bathroom having a panic attack oh, bless your heart. and then going back home so so even the days you try to get to school you just you could not do it so you I had could not do it um, <clears throat> but so I was in a tech program so okay. I was going to high school for three hours of the day okay. and then the other three hours I was going to a technical school okay um learning cosmetology okay to so you had you had started that then mm-hmm. so I know I that was kind of your that. saving grace at that time yes and um so in my cosmetology class we had about 30 girls okay. um we were all very close um, and that was my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I had no, I mean, there were days. You loved when, it. You were finding what God made yes, you for. And yes. that was part of it. Yeah. And I feel like we all really bonded and created a sisterhood. And there were my days where I missed. Um, right. I just couldn't get myself to go. But for the most part, I couldn't go to school, but I could make myself go to get cosmetology there. school, get there and, um, be there for the three hours and make it through so you ended up not graduating from high school because of not being able to get there yes so Um, there there was a policy that if you had missed 10 days or more then you would have to redo mm. the uh, grade Mm -hmm. so in 12th grade I had missed I guess 10 days or 11 days or something and um, unfortunately, without a warning or anything, we just received <laughs> received a letter, a letter in the mail oh. saying that I had been dropped for the year, and I was about. To, I would think that was in March. You were so close to I was so close to graduating, so that was just devastating. Yeah. Also, just another like knife to the heart. Right. Um, but also, so at the same time, you did have the cosmetology, and that is what yes, you felt like. Yes, I did God have was... cosmetology, and um, the counselor at the technical school um, had received news that I was no longer enrolled in high school, which is part of the deal. You go to school for free if you're enrolled in public school. Gotcha. Okay. And um, thank God she had the 
grace and compassion to in her to let me okay. graduate from Votech and and get my cosmetology license. Okay. Um, and so, with having that, as soon as um, you know, I had my license, I was able to to work to work yeah. to start working and. Um, but we need to back up a little okay, bit. I sorry. need to talk sorry. about my... No, what did I forget? <laughs> I need to talk about my mom remarrying. That's right. Okay. Because that was the part of all that was going on right then, too. So yes. your mom started dating shortly yes. after your parents' divorce, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, um, let's see. So it was in 2007 was when... Or 2006, my mom... Um, had met who would become my stepdad. Okay. Um, so let me just preface by saying now I love him. Okay. He's a great fit for my mom. He's been nothing but great to me. But at the time, um, my mom and I had lived just us for so long. Because your sister's probably out my of the house, right? Out okay. In college, so it was just the two of you. Out of maybe she was married. My sister was married. Okay. Just my mom and I. My mom met my stepdad online. Okay. And I had only met him two or three times before they got married. Oh goodness! So and that's, they, oh. I think, all in all, they had dated three or four months before okay. getting married. Okay. And I had only met him a couple of times. Yeah. So that was terribly hard on I'm me. I'm sure. Because suddenly, you know, my mom was kind of my only confident, confidant, you right. know, like my only person and to... And you had her, you had each other. Confide yes. in and to, she was my person who was helping me through this hard road of yeah. depression. And and you already had one father that kind of let you down. And yes. so accepting a new guy that you don't hardly know, it's like mm-hmm. having, I mean, I'm sure that was just a lot of fears coming yes. going into that. I felt uncomfortable in my own home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really didn't want to be at home. Yeah. Like I, I did everything I could staying the night at friends' homes or, you know, whatever. Being out, just, yeah. And uh, I'm sure did that cause yeah. a lot of tension with you and your mom during that time? Honestly, I think more on my side than mm-hmm. on hers because she had been so unhappy for so many years. Yeah. And she found this guy who like worshiped the ground she walked Aww. on, you know? So I think she was kind of in this smitten happy land yes Yes. and I I don't think she realized at the time how much I was struggling Mm -hmm. yeah um but um right before my mom got married I had met this amazing you met somebody too yes kind of a funny story (laughs) because tell me how you got to I know you met your current husband in church Mm -hmm. and tell me how you got to that church and met him and all of that okay well um during lots of little stories i do i have so many stories (laughs) uh so during my you know hard depression time um i felt really disconnected with the church that i had been raised in been going to for a long time and was that still the church that your dad Mm -hmm. been the pastor okay yeah also there was a lot of history there yeah i kind of got to a point where i just felt really uncomfortable sure i can imagine going somewhere where everyone knows your past and yes you know i can see that so um i was 
a worker at Chick-fil-A okay. and um, there was a boy I liked there and um, I started going to church with him. Okay. It didn't work out with him, but, <laughs> but, uh, but um, I had my eye on one of the youth workers. <laughs> <laughs> In the so, youth group. Okay, so the, the guy you had your eye on was not uh, an employee of the church, right? He was like no. a volunteer leader or yes. something? Okay, so, but older, okay. obviously. I was 18. Okay. He was about three and a half years okay, older than me. Okay. He was helping in the youth okay. group. And um, uh, I met him through friends, okay. mutual okay. friends. And we became good friends. Um Started hanging out okay. without, you know, without it being a date, hanging right. out with other friends and such. And um, I ended up, you know, feeling comfortable enough with him to just share my life and what had been going wow. on and and that I, you know, had been struggling with depression. And, and he had things also happening in his family life and yeah. such. We were able to kind of bond through that. And um, I so think... So God really, I mean... That was a God oh, thing, to put he, you two together yes, and to I be have, able to open up to somebody. I yes. mean, especially with your hurtful past and wanting yeah. anything to do with guys letting you down or whatever. Right. So um, yes. you're immediately opening up to each other, feeling that connection. Yes. And, and um, let's see. What, was what I did he th- As far as you, so did you share with him then about your depression and how yes. bad it was mm-hmm. and all of that? Yes, he knew about that. Um, and I, I think we had been talking for maybe... A couple of months before he asked me on an official date. Okay, okay. Um, but I knew before our first date, I knew I was going to marry him. Um, and People I not say that. That just blows my mind. Yeah, like, well, I just wow. knew. Okay. I just knew it. And Did you tell him that? No. <laughs> 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 um, but I just felt like he was such a godsend. Aww. Like who is this guy that is not being scared away, listening right. to me talk about all my issues and still wants to Especially take me to on a date? Especially to throw the big depression thing. I mean, that's yes. a pretty heavy thing to yes. let a guy know, like right off the bat. Right. Okay. And um, so our first date was awesome, perfect, magical, Aww. like solidified, like, yep, we're getting married. Um, <laughs> and I can <laughs> I remember... I know, you just don't know yet, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can remember him helping me, like, I had such a hard time waking mm. up in the morning because, one, I was depressed, and two... Um, depression medication can just make you so tired. tired. And so he would call me in the mornings Aww. and have me get up and turn on the faucet in the bathroom so he could hear the water. Aww. So he knew that I was yeah. like out of bed. Like he was such a help to me. Yes. And um, he was really just like, like I said, like my angel, my Aww. light. He came and brightened up my life at that time yeah. when it was so dark. And yeah. Um, I don't want to say like all I needed was a man to no, make me and that's, happy. I mean that's a very good but, point, and because depression's also not like okay now I'm happy now I'm right. depressed. I mean because that depression yes. is still there. It is still I mean, there. It can ebb and flow. I mean yes. circumstances can affect it, but it's always and if you really suffer from clinical depression, mm-hmm. it's it's always going to be there. Right. Um, but no, you had something really positive, exciting in your life. I mean yes. we all know when you're in love. I mean that can mm-hmm. change your life, your outlook a little bit. Yeah, so. so. Um, 
He brought my sparkle back. He did, and he was, I mean, he was a faith, I mean, he was a God-centered man and brought that into your life and your Mm -hmm. relationship, and um, I'm sure that helped, too, like, to see somebody that was the same way at church that he was with dating and all of that, like, you felt like you just had a really good guy there, so. Yes, and also, it was crazy because he was so passionate about um, overseas missions, and I forgot to mention that, that... Um, I had always had an interest in missions and like, um, I don't know, maybe like junior high age just kind of felt God tugging at my heart, just knowing that like, I felt like I had no fear about going wherever or doing whatever he would call me to do. And I felt like that would possibly be on the mission field someday. So I learned this. And I know you have a heart for that today, so I didn't know. So in high school, Mm -hmm. you felt that in your your heart. Okay. Yes. And that was one of like the first things I knew about him as we were friends. Okay. That was so attractive to me because that that was like, that needed to be part of whoever my husband would be. And so it was neat that we could share that together. Share that connection. So you did get married. You were right. How long did you guys date until you got married? So... We were dating, we dated nine months before we got engaged. Okay. And then all together dated about a year and two months uh, before we got married. Okay. Um, But, so let's see, we were together from January to May. And then in May, he left for a mission trip to the Congo from May to August. So we we didn't talk that whole time. That's a long time. And then we were engaged in September. So really it was like we dated from January to May and then we got engaged shortly after he got back. Wow. Okay. So he was gone for a long time. 18. (laughs) Okay. It was my 19th birthday when we got engaged. Okay. So I was 19 when we got married. Mm-hmm. You just that blows my mind. Yeah. You're only, that's only a few years older than my daughter. See, I okay. was the old soul. I know. You it's know? very true. I was so focused on settling down, finding yeah. the right man. And and you, and you also had taken care of yourself a lot of years, yes. too. Mm-hmm. You did not have like the typical childhood and upbringing. So mm-hmm. you had taken care of yourself. And having a stable home was probably mm-hmm. something your heart just yearn for. So, so you got married and you guys were ready to have kids pretty right off, right? No. No. Oh, you weren't. Okay. I knew that it happened. That was not the plan. Never mind. No, we, uh, so I was 19 when we got married and we thought, you know, maybe we would start trying when I was between 25 and 30. Oh, okay. Did not know um, that. Which I turn 30 next month uh-huh. and I have a nine, seven, and six year old. <laughs> That's why I assumed the plan was just to get so, pregnant right now. No, we were, oh, so goodness. we got married. I was 19, eight months later. Goodness. And going back, you told me when you got married, you went off to depression meds, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. We, I was just on this high of being right. married. I was so happy. Um, I weaned myself off my depression medication. Thinking my past is done. Really, I don't need it. Yeah, I really good. hadn't felt depressed since we were engaged, probably. Okay. And um, just thought that was, yeah, in my past, that it was a new chapter of my life. Didn't need it anymore. Okay. 
Um, so yes, I had just turned 20 years old when we found out we were pregnant with our okay. first. So that was not the plan. You got pregnant no. eight months after you got married. Yes. Um, happy, shocked, all of those things probably. At first we really were just shocked. <laughs> sure. Um, yes, I had, um, I had actually due to certain medical issues in the past been told that it could possibly be hard for me to get pregnant. Okay. Um, and so I was on birth control at you the time. Were. I did mm-hmm. not know that. I was. So you were on birth control I was and on you birth control, told. but I was late starting my next, you know, picking okay. up my prescription. Okay. But um, we did not think like. Well, yeah. So you had been told in the past you might not be able to get pregnant mm-hmm. and you're on birth control. Yes. But then you did. Then I did. Okay. Really quick. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's shocking for yes. a newly married couple that's not oh, planning yes. that. Yes. My yet. husband was still in college. Mm. Um, he was getting his master's, and um, at the time, I was working two jobs just okay. because I could. Yeah. You know, we were just saving money. Right. Um. So that was definitely a curveball. Oh. So not um, quite the plan. No. And then. Um, then you had your first. Yes, we had our baby. Um, we were obsessed with her. <laughs> we were so excited about being new parents. Um, but I think right off the bat, as soon as we got home from the hospital, I just felt terrible. And yeah. um, I really just thought, you know, oh, it's just it's just hard work having mm-hmm. a baby. I mean, your hormones are going crazy. You're emotional. Yeah. Um, so you just felt terrible all over. Yeah, just like you're sleep deprived. You're trying to breastfeed. All of these things, and so it is the hardest time. Like, oh, it is. It is. Oh it my is gosh, so hard. I was miserable too. And I had no idea. Nobody warned me about this mm-hmm. because nobody else, no one of my friends had had kids yet. <laughs> as the first. <laughs> um, so, but you're not. But all the pictures you see, everything you just think, oh, it's going to be the happy time ever and it is I mean I had postpartum depression so I know like it is just a miserable time I mean it really can be for some moms so you're starting to feel this yes and I hadn't really heard of postpartum depression um I was definitely depressed but I didn't know it I thought I was simply sleep deprived Mm -hmm. and that this was hard our first she had colic oh goodness so she cried all day long. Oh, and I remember my husband, the first day he went back to work, I called him and I could not even speak. I was Mm. just sobbing, telling him he needed to come home. And I remember him calling my mom at work, asking her if she could get to the house before he, until he got there to be with me, because I think he was scared yeah. like with how I was reacting yeah I mean I remember with me John mm-hmm. was afraid I was gonna hurt the baby yeah like because I was just the point where I can't handle this yes. anymore right um and it's normal to feel some of that but mm-hmm. when you were in the mm-hmm. postpartum I mean you really cannot yes. handle it right like it's just... it, it kind of all went from oh my gosh she's so precious she's so adorable and obsessed and then quickly just plummeted to I don't even like this baby mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to be a mom. Right. And I your body's still sore. Your <clears throat> excuse me, yes. your hormones are wacky. I mean, and then the colic, I can't even mm. imagine yes. having that on top of it. So, right. so so your mom got there and Yes. Um 
And I honestly don't even remember much yeah. about other than that. Um, Did you go back we, on the medication? A medication? I didn't. You didn't. I didn't because really? at this time, I feel like I needed someone to intervene, and okay. I probably needed someone to tell me like you yeah. need help. Um, but you know what? My poor husband was so sleep deprived as well because she, our daughter, was not a good sleeper. We mm. were up all night. Um, I had a really hard time figuring out breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And so he was up in the night with me trying to help Mm. me figure it out. So I think he was not in a great... I mean, you've only been married less than two years, too. So you still had a new... Yeah, I mean, at that time, we had been married... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We were still newlyweds, you know. And so um, he was in a pretty bad emotional state as well, you know, and he was working and still in school. And trying to handle his crazy wife That's <laughs> and newborn. And so um, I think he just probably didn't really see it as yeah. depression. And it, it lifted a little. It got Because he probably was feeling a little bit of it, too. Like, I know yes. you're going crazy. I am, too. Yes. Yeah. So it got better. Um, and then, let's see, when she was 11, well, I guess maybe when she was 10 months old. I got pregnant with our second baby, and that was on purpose. Okay, she was planned. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know, there's nothing to help with the postpartum depression like just getting pregnant. Have another baby. We wanted to have our kids close in age because. My sister's five years older than right. me. My husband's brother's nine years younger than him. Okay. So we wanted, you know, like our first two to maybe be about 18 months apart. Okay. So they were, they were, oh, well, they were ni- 19 months apart. Okay. But after baby number two, same thing happened. I'm sure. I can yeah. remember people coming to visit me and they wouldn't even say a word. They would just smile and I would just start bawling my oh, eyes out. Melinda. I and just I never clicked with you like I need to get help. No, like this isn't I just normal. thought like, this, this is, is just how Melinda acts when she has babies. Okay. You know, this okay. is just what happens and that you have to just fight through it. Goodness. I really did not think this is depression. Wow. So um it was just I mean each day was a struggle. And then for your second, you got calm. another little baby that you're taking care of. Yes. I mean, little yes. toddler. Which, um, thank goodness, our second yes. baby was our easiest. She was just happy all the oh, time. Oh, God knew A that he could <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So then when our second was seven months old, we got pregnant with number three. Oh, my goodness, Linda. I'm not sure I ever did the math on all this. So I had wow. a two-year-old Wait, was she two yet? I don't know. She was probably two, and then I had a seven-month-old, and then... And you're pregnant. And I was pregnant. And you had postpartum depression major, and Mm -hmm. newly married, and you're... Oh, goodness, that's a lot. But you know Did you lean on the Lord during that time, or was that... Oh, yeah. I mean, God... So, I might not have said this before, but God was always so very present in my life. With any bad thing that ever happened, or any hard time, any struggle... God never left me, and I never felt like he did. I never blamed anything on him. I always felt like... I've always been able to feel like a figurative hug Mm -hmm. (laughs) from God, like on my hard days or or whatever. I still have this feeling where I can just kind of stop and close my Mm -hmm. eyes, and I just imagine him Mm -hmm. giving me a hug. I know. Um, I mean, that is, and <laughs> so, you're somebody that always has a smile on your face, even though life isn't 
great, but I'm sure mm-hmm. with you having that, just knowing God's presence through all of that is what um, carried you through all yes. those times that you couldn't do it on your own. Yes, uh, and so God has always been to me what I never mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. from my my earthly father, my biological father mm-hmm. growing up. And so some people, you know, deal with, um, well, my dad was, you know, this, this, and this. So that's how I view God. And so I want nothing to do with him. Right. But for me, it was more of lean on mm. your heavenly father because he will give you what yeah. you need and what you're not getting. So, so your faith really strengthened through all of this hard stuff and yeah. not pushed you away not from... Not pushed me away, which, uh, honestly, I guess it's just I had a really great, you know, like, growing up, good teaching, great Sunday school teachers, um, just people in my life who I knew cared about me and invested in me mm-hmm. that I hope or I think really helped me stay on the right path because... Um, at the time when my mom had remarried and she was, you know, kind of in her own happy world, I could have very easily gotten with the wrong kind right. of guy or Looked to drugs or alcohol. Yes, gotten right yeah. off the deep end, and I didn't. And I just thank God for that every day that I had those um, that, that foundation. You. Yeah. Yeah, so and that you I kept didn't... pursuing your heart, and you you answered. I mean, you gave him your heart. Do you think that's why, you know, you just talked about having the godly people in church and mentor. Do you think that's why you have a heart to help other? Like, I know you're involved with the serving the youth, teenage yes. girls, and mentoring. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think that's why you so strongly have that on your heart to do? You know, that probably is a is a reason mm-hmm. why I'm drawn to that um I never really made that correlation but um yeah I mean I think that knowing that how I suffered through my teenage years um if there I I did get a lot of guidance and I knew that there were a lot of people who cared about me but I also feel like there were some areas where I really slipped through the cracks Mm -hmm. and so if I can be that person to another teenage girl right. who's there to just um be a shoulder to cry on or a or a home to spend a night in when right. they don't feel you know right. like they want to be in their own home then I can yeah. be that for them yeah because so. you definitely are I mean and I think too um showing them also that what you just sharing what you just shared with me about God being there, Jesus mm-hmm. always being there for you. I mean, that's a, that's powerful from somebody that's walked through what you have mm-hmm. to be able to share with others that He's always there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to your to your marriage, so how did your depression? I know the postpartum depression. Um, how did that start to play out more okay, in your that marriage? Would be after having baby number three. Okay. So after having our third daughter. Um, I finally realized that I was struggling with depression mm-hmm. and anxiety was a new thing I hadn't really had in a while. Okay, you had had that in the past, mm-hmm. but it starts to show up again. Yes, so I remember 
um, you know, all the normal sadness that comes with postpartum depression and the crying and, and all of that. But then I remember one day in particular, um, I don't remember how young my baby was, but my older two, I was in the kitchen making lunch for Mm -hmm. them and I thought I was having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. I remember my heart pounding out of my chest, my chest tightening, I was shaking, I just thought, oh my goodness, what is happening to me? And that's when I realized, like, I'm having a panic panic attack. attack. I Mm -hmm. I have just covered this up and covered it up and covered it up. And I don't even really know why. I Because I don't know if... Um, Did something trigger it at that moment? Like, can you remember? Or you just remember it that coming It was just, on? Andrea, it was just so much. So when yeah. my third was born, my oldest was still two. Oh my gosh. She yeah. wasn't that quite... give anybody Yes, she that. wasn't quite three yet. Oh, and so goodness, it was Linda. just so yeah, that's much work. And so it just... I just couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. I just ha- had a breakdown and... Um, I think I realized probably that I had, I felt like I had hit this point in my life where I had everything under control. I was in control of my life and I was no longer on medication and I didn't want to get back to having to depend on the medication to get me through. And so I think for me, that was that breaking point of like, you know, you've got to get some help because you are hurting yourself you know and so I remember calling Jared and telling him what was happening and and so it was around that time when I went to see a doctor and and realized um, like I gotta deal with this yes I I gotta deal with this and that brings up a really good point because you were just talking about how God carried you through you can feel him hugging you but that doesn't mean that as Christian women we don't really still struggle with things like depression because there is that did you feel any of that negative stigma because I think as Christians we can think oh Mm -hmm. we shouldn't be sad or depressed or have panic or anxiety if we go to the Lord Mm -hmm. we won't have that or if we're strong enough Christian we won't yes um so did you feel any of that because also I mean life itself you have the natural ebb and flow and good days bad days Mm -hmm. and it's the same with depression you can go months with feeling great on top of things and then out of nowhere you wake up one day and you can tell you are depressed mm-hmm. today and you don't know why it's um I feel like it would be telling another Christian person like oh you have high blood pressure well you should just trust God and mm-hmm. work through it without medication you right. know God like made that you is, fearfully and wonderfully you're fearfully and wonderfully yes, made you should be fine you should be yeah. fine that's a good way it's the same with depression if it's I mean there is circumstantial and there's clinical and I after you know having baby number three I went to a psychiatrist and finally got diagnosed with clinical depression she had me go through a series of questions Mm -hmm. and things getting down to it and so was that kind of a relief for you I mean, to get that, like, okay, I'm not crazy, I'm not just Yeah, sad. in a way, it, it was more of, like, a realization of, I just need to be medicated, mm-hmm. um, and I need to not be dumb and think that I can do this on my own without it. There are people who can 
have been able to figure out ways, you know, to right. to deal with it without. But there are different levels, and you know. Um, so you were just tell us varieties. again. Clinical depression is what then? Clinical depression is is in my opinion beyond your control. Mm-hmm. It is um, not circumstantial. You can be having, um, you know, a wonderful time at a family dinner. But for some reason, you burst into tears and you're so sad and you don't know why. Your brain is unbalanced and, you know, it can unbalanced chemically. And so as I tell my children, (laughs) your brain is not getting enough happy juice. Yeah, you're not, you are unbalanced and you are not able to feel happy in a happy situation. Not constantly, but... It's like kind of an unexplained it's, though why, yes. and mm-hmm. that's what the medication does help even you out, it but it doesn't make you. it go away. No, I mean, it you... doesn't, and helps even out um, things so that you can stay more stable rather than where your highs are high and your lows are low. Right. Mm-hmm. So you were got the diagnosis, realized like I need to go on medication. I've got mm-hmm. to deal with this. How did Jared feel? Like was that a hard thing for him to hear, or he kind of already knew, no. or maybe that was. Um, One of the great things about us being friends before we started dating was he knew from the get-go before we were even together that uh, depression was part of my life. And so um, he had had seen me um, on medication and off medication. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he said, obviously, you know, you need something right now to help you balance out. And even if you need this for the rest of your life to help you feel like yourself, then that's what you need to do, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's not, you're not letting anyone down by taking medication, you know? You are not wrong in it, and so... um, It's still a hard thing. I mean, you we know, mm -hmm. like you said, with the blood pressure, we wouldn't think somebody was silly for taking blood pressure meds, but it's still... I think when we met, maybe you weren't on medication. So is it still a hard thing for you to totally accept? Not um, anymore. Okay. There was a time when I, I think probably after I started taking it, after I had had my third, mm-hmm. when I realized I needed it, I was not on a great a medication that was a great fit yeah. for me. So I ended up going off okay. for a little while and then restarting a new one okay. later. Okay. Um, and that's, that again, something fit. you would say to women, anyone that deals with that is mm-hmm. getting the right medication yes. is a big thing. Yes. Um, and so tell me too, I know you've also recently had a talk with your girls about mm-hmm. a very candid talk with them about this. So tell me yes. a little bit about that. Cause that might be helpful for other moms. Like okay. how do I yes. handle that with my kids? Yes, absolutely. Um, so kind of the way that my husband and I parent is just open and honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really feel like there's a big need to beat around the bush. I mean, there are things that are going to be hard for them to comprehend and would be better to wait and tell them until they're a little older. Um, but uh, recently, I don't know, how, maybe a couple weeks ago, okay. um, I was having a pretty bad day with um, feeling depressed um, because still, even though I'm medicated, 
and I'm reading my Bible and mm-hmm. praying and, you know, um, I still have these days and, um, a lot of it for me has to do with the weather. I was going to mention that because mm-hmm. you have this I do have seasonal, seasonal affective disorder, okay. sad, which, you know, cloudy, dark, rainy days. Um, I get head- a headache, I get body aches mm-hmm. and I feel so tired, sad, down. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it was one of those days and so, um, on those days, I tend to just feel like a terrible mom because I know that if I stay around my children or try to play with them or something, I'm going to be disconnected. Um, I'm going to be short with them, mm-hmm. irritable, mm-hmm. um, and then we do feel like a bad mom. Yes. And we're any of those things, we automatically go to, oh my gosh, I'm an awful yes. mom. Yes. And I yeah. know when I feel like that, if I take some time for myself or, you know, a short nap, something like that, it can make a world of difference. So, excuse me, my girls are old enough to where they can entertain themselves for a while. I wouldn't leave the house with them by themselves, <laughs> but I can go upstairs have some time to myself and they won't burn the house down. So I sat them down. I wanted to explain to them that the number one thing that I want to do with them today is play with them, Mm -hmm. love on them, you know, take them to the zoo, whatever they want to do. I want to be that mom for them. But today I just can't. Mm -hmm. And so I explained to them that mommy has a sickness where my brain, um, so I told them that you have happy juice in your brain. Yes. That is not the medical term, but that is right. For some people, it is hard to refill their happy juice. Um, And so sometimes mommy's happy juice gets a little low. And my body doesn't naturally refill its supply. Okay. Okay. And I have to take medication that helps my happy juice stay at a level where it needs to be. So um, I told them today I need extra happy juice in my brain. And my brain isn't able to give it to me today. Which that's a pretty big thing for a mom to do of little kids. Yes. But a really fair thing instead Mm -hmm. of them... Because you could just go, mom needs quiet time. Leave me Mm -hmm. alone. Yeah. But that could also make your kids wonder or make them think that she does not like us. Yes, and I don't want them to think that when I'm having a time like this and I go shut myself in in my room, I don't want them to think she doesn't want to be with us or we're bothering her or, you know, any of those things. And so I told them this and I said, mommy is going to take a little alone time take a nap, rest, and maybe, you know, after some time, I might feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, and what were they doing during all they this? They were crying. Oh, yes, they were so sad for me. Yeah. They were like, we're so sorry, Mom. But they wanted me to know. I told them, you know, when I don't have, when I have my sad days, mm-hmm. I just don't want you guys to think, that I don't want to be with you because I do. And if I could choose, I would be with you all day playing, having a good time. But today I just can't. And so I, I told them 
that, you know, I explained that to them. They were crying for me. They said, you're the best mom in the world. We love you. And how, again, how different is that? We just want you to be happy, you know, go take a rest. You know, they were so understanding. I mean, I think that's some of the best advice for you to give to other moms, because that's not what we would think to do. We would think to shut ourselves in our room and just like, please just leave me alone. Yes, or or their kids, they won't understand. I'll just cover it up or or stay down here and not give myself an alone time and be snappy because right. I know with myself when I am depressed or anxious if I'm not alone I am just not my best self oh, I am, absolutely I have a short fuse and I do not enjoy being absolutely. around others yeah <laughs> and God put in their hearts an understanding for what mom was going through some empathy for you and um I mean it, it's crazy to think because when you were their age you were having those feelings but your mom didn't acknowledge them but now now the roles are reversed and you're a little in your the honesty of just yes. telling your little ones like this is how god made me and this is what i need to take care of myself right now yes. and they're understanding it right um, and i i want to tell you my husband so he knows that a lot of the time when i have these bad days that i just feel like a failure of a mm-hmm. mom like why can't i just go you know, go take them to the park or take them to right. the zoo. And, and from time to time, I have tried that to just push through and still go out and do the things. And I have been stuck at mm. at the aquarium or somewhere having a panic attack mm. in the bathroom while mm-hmm. my kids are also in no. the bathroom waiting for me. And that's not no, healthy. That's not good I don't need to have anybody come <laughs> pick us up because I can't drive us home, you know. So I can't do that. That's not an option. Um... But my husband told me this, that even when you're flying on an airplane and the pra- the pressure changes in the cabin, they always say to put your mask, your oxygen mask on yourself right. before helping others. And he said, you need to go take care of yourself and then take some downtime and later you can come yeah. back, take care of the kids. And that's such wisdom. Yes. I mean, really. It is. And to have your husband tell you that, too. Mm -hmm. Because even if we think that, I mean, to have that affirmation from him. Mm Because it's so true. I mean, as women, we have got to have that self-care and recognition what we need. Mm -hmm. Um, Would that be, like, your biggest advice to other moms that might be struggling with depression and anxiety, those sort of mental issues? Um, Because you've had to learn that over the years. Yes, I would say my biggest piece of advice um, would definitely be to make sure that you are taking care of yourself because mm-hmm. um, I think we have that pride in us to say, oh, you know, it's not depression or, or it'll blow over in a week or so right. or whatever. And um, it wouldn't hurt just to go speak with a counselor right. or a psychologist or even just your normal primary care physician and let them know how you've been feeling and see what they say um and maybe even you are suffering from postpartum depression that could be six months of medication it might not be a forever thing some women only have postpartum depression and they've never had depression any other time in their lives so and um, even if it is a six month thing i mean that's that's a crucial time to get on medication mm -hmm. i mean i know i've you know, that suffered with postpartum depression and mm-hmm. I ended up going on medication and st- still on the medication, but yes. I realized that I needed to be 
to be on it for my own issues with anxiety and that. Yes. Um, so I do think, like you said, that's one of the biggest things, the self-care mm-hmm. and recognizing the medication, it's yes. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that self-care, it's not always a nap or alone time is not always going to be the best thing. Sometimes that can only fan the flame. So, right. you know, holding yourself accountable, maybe with a friend or your husband or someone who understands um to make sure that you are staying active, physically active, um, because, you know, exercise releases the endorphins, the endorphins yes. in our, our happy juice. Yes, our happy juice. <laughs> so, you know, do exercise. You sell, do you bottle this happy juice? I wish. <laughs> I want this another. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so exercise is so key. And, I mean, it can be as big or as little as you want it to be from like a walk in your neighborhood to you know if if you need more accountability joining in a fitness group or a class or um a um what's it called a personal trainer yes 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 and your diet and all of those yes healthy eating goes very far Mm -hmm. i mean can affect your mood so much so just um there's a lot that you can do to help yourself and like you mentioned the accountability I mean I think if women can find another woman just to be honest and confide in and Mm -hmm. share that and have some of that accountability or just checking Mm -hmm. in or prayer requests or whatever I mean I think that's so huge and it's like it is okay to take that time out for naps or alone but like you said sometimes you do I mean I find I have to push myself sometimes Mm -hmm. if I know I'm not gonna like have a total breakdown like okay yes I'd rather be by myself probably all the time yes (laughs) you know what there, it is healthy to be out amongst other, mm-hmm. to go to a Bible study or play groups. So, I mean, on those days that yes. you know, like, I'm not going to have a panic attack if right. I do this. So, And there are so many, there have been so many more times than not where I have felt like, oh, I just can't do this today. Mm-hmm. But I've pushed myself to meet up with a friend or a Bible study or something like that. And I leave feeling so right. much more energized and... yeah blessed and I think that's kind of I mean that's where your relationship with the Lord comes in too like mm-hmm. I think you can pray in those moments like God is this something you want me be pushing forward and doing or do I just need a time out from this mm-hmm. um so yeah that's all all good stuff and I want to go back to um we're about out of time but talk about real quick with your dad um mm-hmm. so I know kind of where we left off with that was mm-hmm. that you were upset at him wrote him a nasty letter not in his life but Fast forward um, years later, and I know you've had a lot of, God's really worked on your heart with that, with your father, and a lot of forgiveness. So kind of just tell me that, um, how that's played out. Okay, yes. Definitely, um, over the last 10 years or so, I have learned so much about forgiveness, Mm -hmm. and um, for both my my dad and my mom, and... um, Let's see. So with my dad, um, we we had minimal a minimal relationship um, from the time I graduated high school to um, when I got married. Okay. He did walk me down the aisle. He did. Yes. Okay. I wanted him to do that. Um, we saw each other for lunch or you know from time to time. Um, but really, I feel like after we had the girls. And he would, I would see him a little more often before he, he moved away. See him from time to time. Um, 
to visit the girls or um, just connecting for different holidays and such. And we was it a tense um, like when you meet? Was it tense or kind of gradually your relationship is softening up and it gradually uh, yeah. softened up. Um, in the beginning, I had the anger. Mm-hmm. He was figuring out this new life, um, and he, I think, was finding his way, too, um, and we were able to, over years, you know, get to a good place where I knew I wanted him in my life again, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he always wanted me in right. his life. He just had a lot of things to work through, and... Um, And I know now, as an adult, I can look back and see where all of his anger and Mm -hmm. his, um, just, I can't, I can't imagine living the way he did, going through what he did in his mind of, you know, loving God, wanting to serve God, but also having this other, um, life that he was trying to suppress and trying not, to suppress yeah. yes and um try i'm sure he was trying to be a good dad trying to be a good husband trying to be what god wanted him to be in the ministry but yet he was like lying to himself mm-hmm. you know of who he felt he was in his heart right so looking back now i can just see um where mm-hmm. all of that anger and resentment and yeah. And everything came from and it doesn't excuse it but it makes you more empathetic it makes me very much more empathetic and you know this is his story to tell but there's we've had a lot of heart to hearts over the years where I've just been able to understand him so much more Mm -hmm. and forgive him and he has asked for forgiveness um, and so has my mom and stepdad Um, and so it's just um, I mean that's such a huge part of your story of just becoming the growth and you mm -hmm. becoming more I mean God's always had your heart, but just more of it and becoming more Christ-like with the Mm -hmm. huge forgiveness of these people Mm -hmm. in your past. I mean, that's... And so you did have a huge, a big event with your... Not event. I mean, something kind of a crossroads with your dad, though, this past summer, right? I mean, you feel like... Yes. So he lives in North Carolina, and we were able, um, my husband and I and our three girls, Mm -hmm. to go visit him um, this summer, and... um, him and my bonus dad (laughs) (laughs) and um have a great vacation with Mm -hmm. them and um our relationship mine and my dad's I feel like is better than it ever has been and you know it's just um God can really make beauty from hard things and sad things and and so I'm just grateful for the relationship that I have with my dad now and and that it was restored. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that's such a, I mean, exactly what you said. Not only in our individual lives can God make as new creations in him, but our past relationships too, and just mm-hmm. mending that. I mean, you probably never thought, like, when you were 15 and learned all that, that fast forward 15 years, that... Mm-hmm you would have the best relationship ever with yeah, your dad no, and that God I, would mend that relationship. I would have never thought that. And also I feel like, um, I've learned a lot about how you cannot 
put your happiness in people. Mm, God true. is your only constant who will always be good and always have your best interest in mind. And I mean, I know I probably already have disappointed my children mm-hmm. and my husband, my family, and I know that I will continue to, but I want them to learn and know that God never will, right. you know, and whatever may happen in our family life growing up, that they can always count on God and keep their right. eyes focused on Him and that He will bring beauty from anything. You're right. Melinda, this has been such a good conversation. Thank you so much for just being so honest and vulnerable. And I could keep talking, but we have to pick up little children. Thanks for listening to this episode of Her Story Speaks. If you are suffering from depression, I hope Melinda's story has encouraged you that you're not alone in your struggle. More info on depression and getting help can be found on the Her Story Speaks website at www.herstoryspeaks.com under the show notes for Melinda's episode. Be sure to join us again next week as Melinda shares a story about a miracle in her daughter's life that strengthened her faith and trust in the Lord more than ever.